Sometimes there are certain instances where I need somebody to be blunt and in my face right. because I'm being stubborn. And other times I need to be romantic, Courtney. <laughs> I need to be <laughs> finessed. <laughs> I need the kid gloves. You have a lot of needs, Brian Maher. <laughs> Oh, it is a milestone episode of Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian, episode number 80. Whoa! We have Courtney Kelly here, who is a mental health therapist. I, Brian Mulhern, a longtime mental health patient. And I found an article recently. Courtney, it covered so much, we're mm-hmm. probably going to have to slice this into many pieces right. of pie. <laughs> and I don't even know where to begin with this. It really speaks about, I would say, from a big picture perspective, the benefits of therapy. Mm-hmm. And one of the areas that we are going to cover this morning from said article, expectations associated with the therapy process. Yeah, it's so interesting because when I read this, I was like, oh my gosh, this is brilliant. There's so many great things in here because I hear this from clients all the time that therapy, the reality is different than what they thought it was going to be sometimes. And so I think that is a big part of, we're always talking and educating people about the benefits of therapy, but it is important to talk about kind of the nitty gritty. Sometimes you go in there with certain expectations, like people will say, well, I thought you did all the work. You know what I mean? The therapist would quote unquote fix me. I present the problem and then you just tell me what to do. And so therapy is different than that. Yeah, we give feedback and stuff like that, but it is a lot of work for the client. It's rewarding work, but it is work. And so there's things like that that come up where people sometimes we have to educate them in therapy too as to what therapy is. And it's funny because I think those expectations can go in numerous directions. For example, some people think that it might be so humiliating. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to get through this when the reality is because I've had a lot of it. Well, no, not necessarily. And you can kind of go at your own pace. And a good therapist is going to coach you through something like that. The other expectation on the other end of the spectrum is, well, I'll be fine in maybe two, three weeks. (laughs) And (laughs) these things take some time. And again, too, as I've always said, I don't think with therapy you're ever completely cured. Mm -hmm. There are some medical procedures and processes where maybe that can be the case. But mental health is something that you have to work on throughout your entire life because you're constantly getting those curveballs and you need to adjust your coping mechanisms and the way you process things, the Mm -hmm. way that you think and things like that. And therapy helps you to make some changes, whether it's in your behavior, how you think about things, maybe some changes you need to make in your life because there's some toxic things going on or things that are not serving you anymore. So a lot of times people think, oh, I'm going to go to therapy when something big major happens or there's some big thing that I have to work on. And you know what? That's great. People come in all the time for big things that they need help with. But sometimes it's just to make some adjustments or some things that just haven't been working the way that you want them to work. So that can be too. It can be different degrees of things that people come in for. But I do like how you had said, I remember, I'll never forget this woman who came in for grieving and she said, okay, so how long do I have to do this before I'm not grieving anymore? And I was like, it's really difficult. Everything is very individual and it's hard to put time frames on things. And there are certain issues that sometimes we can give like, okay, maybe 10, 12 sessions, maybe it takes three months to try to help with certain things. But in general, it's very hard to put a time frame on things. So when people will say, 
well, I have this issue. How many sessions do I need to fix it? I'm like, well, it really depends on a it's lot of factors. It's not like an oil change. <laughs> exactly. It depends on a lot of factors. So we have to see and I need to assess as we go because sometimes people will start in one place and like you had said, there's certain things they might not want to talk about or they're having difficulty with. But once they get comfortable, all of a sudden you see this growth that happens quickly because they start to open up and feel comfortable and say, wow, this isn't as quote unquote bad as I thought. Sometimes people will say that because they're nervous about it. And as for the approach of, I'm going to wait until something horrible happens and then I'll take care of it. Mm -hmm. That'd be tantamount to this. Well, I'm going to eat steak, eggs, and bacon three times a day until I need quadruple bypass surgery. And then maybe I'll start with the carrot sticks and things of that nature. Sometimes it's good to nip it in the bud beforehand Mm -hmm. so it doesn't get that out of control. You don't need to eat candy bars and drink soda every day until you're on insulin for diabetes. I mean, how about doing some things in advance so things don't get that bad? Or if they do, Mm -hmm. you're ready for it. You have the tools to deal with it. Exactly. If you're already feeling anxious or depressed about something, having maybe some difficulty with things that have happened in the past and you don't feel like you're getting through them or they're a barrier to what you want to do in your life now, it is good to come in, have an assessment and kind of see what we can help with because it's human nature. I think we wait until things are (laughs) at a certain point where they're unbearable sometimes is when we wait to go in for therapy. But we will take you as you are, however you come into us. But I think one of the things in this podcast we try to talk about is some of the preventative stuff. And if you see some writing on the wall, maybe start to tend to it earlier so that you don't have to go through some of the really tough stuff. And I mentioned the oil change. You don't just go in once your engine seizes up because you haven't been changing the oil. You do the maintenance along the way to try to prevent it and to try to put your car in the best position to run as well as it can. Mm -hmm. The same thing goes for you physically and emotionally when it comes to trying to nip certain things in the bud before they become a problem. Exactly. And a couple of things, when I was reading through the article that jumped out at me, the importance of giving it some time, your rapport with someone, because you want to have that good rapport with your therapist. And sometimes that can take a little bit. And also, sometimes you need to break up with your therapist. Sometimes it's not working out. And also the style that they have, because therapists range from doing CBT, which is the cognitive behavioral therapy. Some people, they have workbooks and they're very regimented with certain things. Other therapists are more like, hey, let's talk about how you're feeling. Some people, there's a combination of things. There's all different styles and techniques. So sometimes you have to try out different therapists to see what fits with you. We do have certain ways that are the best gold standard treatments for certain issues, but a lot of us are flexible with how we do therapy. And I tell people some of my therapy is different depending on the person. I have people who are very difficult for them to kind of talk about what's going on. So I ask questions. I'm doing a lot of talking and trying to get them involved. Then I have other people who they're very verbal and sometimes I have to stop them so I can give them some feedback and so that we can kind of check in on things. But it can be different for everyone. So you have to really find the therapist that you connect with. And I know you said you've gone through a couple of them that you didn't necessarily have the best rapport with. Well, to speak to the whole chemistry thing, not only through therapy, but even for a whole host of reasons, over the last seven years, I've had four different primary care physicians. Mm. A lot of them have moved away. Some of them just couldn't stand seeing me naked. (laughs) So they got out of the business. They got out of the whole business, huh, Brian? That was it. But even with therapists, it's the same thing. Sometimes it's like a first date. I always say Mm -hmm. that every time I get a new doctor or every time I get a new therapist, I feel like I'm starting all over again. And sometimes you have a first date and it clicks right away. And other times it doesn't click right away, but you stick with it and maybe Mm -hmm. you eventually get there or maybe you don't. That isn't dissimilar to anything in life when it comes to personal relationships 
relationships, be they professional, Mm -hmm. be they personal. You have to be a little bit patient, and if it's not working, you need to know when to cut the cord. And in terms of you talking about how you cater your therapy to the patient Mm -hmm. and not only their needs, but maybe their personality, maybe some of the things like they're a little bit more closed, they Mm -hmm. don't want to open up to you about things. It's not unlike being a comedian where they say you have to read the room. If you walk in and within the first two minutes, you're dropping F-bombs left and right and you can see the audience recoil, it's time to change your approach and say, all right, well, apparently I'm going to have to use some of my clean material. And if not, you're not going to succeed. So that's where as a therapist, you have to be willing to be open to adjusting on the fly. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, just like with any other profession, not every therapist takes that approach. They're very rigid in how they think you should be treated. And if that rigidity doesn't work for you, you might have to move on to the next one. You may. And that's the thing to give it some time, give it a couple sessions and see how you feel. I know some therapists who are very straight up. Woof. <laughs> They'll tell you exactly how they think about certain things. And some people love that. There's a great connection there. I'm a little softer touch with things. And some people love that. So there's all different styles and ways of coming at it. And like I said, different techniques that people use. So I always say, give it a few sessions. But then if it's not working, you don't want to just kind of be like, oh, I'm just tolerating this. No, this is your treatment. And this is really important for you to be able to move forward in your life. So you need to be around someone who respects you, who is not trying to minimize what you're going through, who's giving you a lot of validation and support, and then who you can click with. Sometimes it's a little sense of humor. Sometimes it's just in the way that you feel supported when you're with them. So you will know when you feel it if something's not working, and that's okay. And that was one of the things they brought up in the article is that sometimes you have to try out a few different. And I've said that to clients. I've had clients come in who were really nervous, who had maybe never been to therapy, or they walk in the door and it's funny when they'll say, you know what? I hate therapy. And this is why. And I say, tell me, tell me why. I want to make sure not to do or maybe to minimize (laughs) doing the things that annoy you in therapy. So talk to me about your past experiences. And that's also a sign of a good therapist, too, who will be open to saying, hey, what are your past experiences and how can I help to make sure that this is a good experience for you? And speaking as the patient, I also want to clarify for everybody, it's not just up to the therapist Mm -hmm. to bob and weave, to adjust and evolve. The patient has to do the same thing and think about any relationship. Even in your marriage, it's not all about one side or the other. You have to do certain things to appease each other from time to time, whether you like it or not. Think about a dance partner. And when you said, too, some people are very blunt Mm -hmm. and they're in your face, you're a little bit of the softer touch. I can tell you personally, I'm a huge fan of Carolyn Hacks. For people who don't know who she is, she tells it like it is Mm. right away. She pulls no punches. And I can appreciate that approach, but I can also appreciate your approach. And I can work with both. But that's the thing. That's up to me to be able to work with somebody in that way. And if I'm not putting in that effort and I'm my biggest enemy Mm -hmm. in therapy. And sometimes there are certain instances where I need somebody to be blunt and in my face because I'm being stubborn. And other times I need to be romantic. (laughs) I need to be (laughs) finessed. (laughs) I need the kid gloves. You have a lot of needs, Brian. (laughs) You're either that person who does the polar plunge and you run into the freezing cold water or you're that person, the water is 81 degrees and you're still dipping your toe and going... <laughs> Just a little toe in there. Now, I will say this with this caveat, though. The more I get to know someone and the longer I've been with someone, I can be, we'll say, more direct. Yeah, well, so that's because you I know adjusting them. on the yeah. fly. If I know someone for a long time and I know their patterns and I know we've been here before with certain issues and they come into my office and I'm like, okay, what's going on? And they appreciate it.
appreciate that too. Sometimes I'll be like, all right, you need to straighten me out on this or whatever. And again, we're not there to tell people what to do. What we are there to do is to help them to figure out the best plan for themselves. And sometimes we do a lot of education. We do feedback. But sometimes we do have to be blunt and we have to be like straight up. But we do it in a loving way and they feel respected. Never have I had a client be like, I can't believe you said that to me. They would say, no, Courtney, I appreciate that because you've known me a long time and you know that I'm veering off course and I need a little reality check. Some reality therapy. My caveat on the flip side is I don't know that Carolyn Hacks is capable of taking your approach. (laughs) I would love to see that because I've never seen it in her advice column. It's a really good read, by the way, for people who haven't seen it. And even though she can be a little bit rough around the edges, the bottom line consistently, and I see this from her and I see this from you, she gives very good advice. Right, right. And that's the thing. We give advice, but sometimes I'll say things and I don't know if they're going to stick, but what they will do, even if the client's like, "Mm, I don't know about that, but this, it'll open up something else Mm -hmm. for another direction. So I was taught that a long time ago in my life coaching, when I was a life coach and when I went through a lot of training for life coaching, throw it on the wall, see if it sticks. Don't be afraid to send it out there because that might resonate with them or it won't resonate, but it'll bring them in another direction that will deepen what is going on in the session. And so I have to be brave to do that because sometimes I'm afraid of being wrong about things. So I'll say to them, hey, listen, I could be way off base here, but this is what's coming up in my mind when you say this. And so I'll throw it out there. And a lot of times it goes in a direction that kind of deepens the learning and deepens the connection. So I think it's really helpful and therapists will do that. We're not always right, but it will bring us all in a good direction. Well, never mind that approach to just therapy. Think about life in general. Mm -hmm. You have to take risks sometimes to get to the reward. You have to be okay with failing and okay with something maybe not going the way that you want. Oh, and by the way, as we've said many times, a lot of times you're Mm going to learn a lot more from the failures than you are from the successes. Right. And what I would say to people, because I hate failing, yes, I will admit that, and even if I'm not okay with it, I will have radical acceptance about it. And I tell clients, okay, you don't need to say, I love it, I'm okay with it, but to say, it's part of life. Mm -hmm. We can't avoid it. If we want to fight that part of life, then we're going to be the ones that are going to be hurt 100% of the time, because life is going to do what life does. (laughs) So we need to throw things out there and take those risks and have radical acceptance. Sometimes we're not going to like the result, but a lot of times it's going to move us forward. And especially, like I said, in the context of therapy, it moves us forward too. And I think for the client, because I know a lot of times people feel pressure, they come into therapy and they're like, I'm so sorry. Sometimes people apologize. I'm so sorry to dump all this on you. And I'm like, no, I'm a professional. I can hold this space for you and it's okay. Or they feel like they're failing therapy because they haven't done their homework or they didn't make this choice that we had talked about or something like that. And I just want to take that away from people, that stigma of like, oh my gosh, there's a certain way we have to do therapy and if I don't do it right, I'm in trouble. No, it's okay. Come as you are and we will meet you where you are and we will help validate what you're feeling and help you to figure out where you're going. And incidentally, you're getting paid to clean up these messes, (laughs) these dumps that we're making on you. And you've studied very hard Mm -hmm. and also have a lot of professional experience with other people. Everyone always thinks they are either, oh my God, I'm the absolute worst or I'm the absolute best. You're usually neither. You're usually somewhere in the middle. And in your business, I'm sure, much like in many of the businesses that I've worked in, Mm -hmm. I am willing to bet you have seen it all and then some. And it's going to take an awful lot for you to be shocked, horrified, upset, Mm -hmm. or make you negative about a patient. Now, if a patient is abusive and rude and not cooperative in that way, okay, fine. But look, that's everyday life. That's like anything. You don't want to tolerate or put up with something like that. Of course, of course. And for them to remember, when I do talk to clients about this, that we get our own supervision. I 
can seek out supports if I need to. If there's something that comes up in a session that's heavy and there's something that I'm getting triggered about or there's something that I'm feeling something about, we would take that outside a session. I would work on that separately. We're not robots. We are human. Sometimes things come up that trigger something for us, but we know how to hold that space for people. A lot of times we talk about we don't bring our personal stuff, obviously, into therapy, but there are times where sometimes in a vague way I can allude to something to help people to understand that I may understand a little bit about what they're talking about. I remember I had a client, she was dealing with being a stepmother and there was like a lot of these issues coming up and she knew that I had stepkids. And so there was times where I could say certain things to say, I understand where you're coming from and give some feedback from that place. So not going into all my personal details, but helping hold a space because sometimes them knowing that you can relate on a certain level can be very helpful too. So that was one of the things in the article saying, don't go to a therapist who's talking about themselves. Well, no, you don't want to go. You feel like it's their session. (laughs) No, 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 no. (laughs) And I've heard from some of my clients that they've had therapists where sometimes there was times like that. And no, that's not something that's happening. Then you definitely don't want that situation. But there are times where we can hold a space and know that there is something that we can relate to. And sometimes that helps the rapport. And if it goes the other way, and if you are triggered and you do start to struggle, I can't tell you how many times I've had to say for Courtney, bring in Carolyn Hacks! (laughs) Courtney needs some help! (laughs) Carolyn, come help me! Oh gosh, but she's pretty straight up, so yeah, she tells her like it is. (laughs) She'll let you know what's what real quick. Real quick, yes. And another thing that I want to say too is if you find yourself in a position as a client, as a patient, where you feel like you're not making any headway, Mm -hmm. you are uncomfortable with a certain therapist. Courtney, if somebody has to break that news to you, you can handle it. It's not the kind of thing where people, and I know you have a little bit of this in you, Mm -hmm people please too much and they're more worried about the other person and they're not taking care of themselves and if you're going into therapy and you're getting worse Mm -hmm. but you don't want to offend the therapist who's not helping you you're taking gasoline and you're throwing it on that fire. Right and like you had said sometimes we do feel worse at first going into therapy because you're opening up things you're talking about things and you're processing so you feel worse but then there is a place where you want to feel more hope and start to feel better and have that bond with the therapist and really know that trust them and that they're holding that space and they're holding you there. However, if you feel like it's just not working with the therapist, absolutely. You sit down and you talk to them. We're trained for this too, that we are not a perfect fit for everyone. And that's okay. Like I said, there's so many different types of therapy, so many different types of therapists. So if you do encounter someone and you're not feeling like you're making progress or you're just not clicking, try someone else. And that is totally fine. And I've even had people where I was feeling like, are we struggling here? Like, is there a rapport issue? And I would talk to them and say, hey, listen, sometimes people feel more comfortable with a same-sex therapist or would you rather have a male? Would you rather have this, that? So I've had that conversation with people and I'd say, hey, this is an uncomfortable conversation. And yes, Brian, I am a people pleaser. So I know I have to manage that extra well because sometimes I'll really try to like, oh, dun, 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 dun. I'll really try to do what I can do to help someone even when I'm like, is there a rapport issue here? And so I've had to just say, hey, let's have that conversation. Usually they're like, oh no, it's this going on or that going on. And it helps them to know, though, that I'm looking out for their best interest. It's about them. It's about if they're getting what they need. Well, I think you said a couple of really important things there. One, which is it's up to the therapist as well as the patient Mm -hmm. to be able to tell if there is a rapport issue. If you as a therapist are noticing that your client is regressing, Mm -hmm. at some point you have to turn the mirror on yourself and say, am I doing something wrong? And 
mm-hmm. not even necessarily wrong. Am I just not getting through to this person? Right. Maybe somebody else can do that better. You also mentioned, too, how initially therapy can be very painful, and you're going to hit those bumps in the road, but that doesn't mean that you have bad chemistry right. with the therapist. Sometimes you need to hit the thorn before you get to mm-hmm. the road, so keep that in mind. And find the balance. I guess you almost have to trust yourself on this front. Don't bail too quickly. Right. Hang in there for a little bit and see if you can get the train back on the tracks. Mm-hmm. But if you feel like it's starting to go off the side of the cliff at some point, and I don't know that there's a magic number. I don't know if it's a half dozen appointments. I don't know if it's more. I don't know if it's less. Right. But at some point, you know. Right. And if you point. don't know, like you said, as a therapist, it's your professional responsibility mm-hmm. to try to recognize it too. And I think that speaks to a big picture issue, which is this. You said, people come in. I thought the therapist was going to do all of the work. Right. No, <laughs> it's about working together yes. to get to where you need to be. Mm-hmm. And if you can't do that, that's why marriages have divorce. And that's why mm-hmm. maybe you need to have a divorce with your therapist and right. start dating again. But don't rebound too quickly. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the other don't thing. Don't go too. right from <laughs> Kelly to Hex. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Be shocked in the you system. You probably need us, yeah, extra step in there. Cleanse the palate, as we steps. say, on our radio morning show. Right, exactly. <laughs> if you're with a therapist for a while, and maybe it's going great and things are awesome, however, you get to a certain point where you stagnate, and maybe you need to focus on certain issues that are not a specialty for that therapist. Maybe it's time to go to another therapist, not because you're not having a good rapport with your therapist. It could be awesome. However, maybe you need to go in a different direction. And I have had this happen, like when people would leave one therapist because, say, the therapist left, and then they would come to me. And at first, they'd be like, oh my gosh, I don't want to start all over again because a lot of people are like, quote unquote, start all over again. I don't want to have to tell my story all over again. I want somebody who already knows me. But I say, listen, the advantage is that you have different eyes now on something. And also, maybe I can help you to get to your next level. Maybe there's something that is different with me that I can help for. And if somebody's leaving me and going somewhere else, I'm like, maybe there's something that they can see that I didn't see or something they're ready to work on that they're more of a specialist in. So it can be, even if you have a great rapport and you're with somebody for a long time, sometimes shaking it up is not a bad thing either. Well, think about it this way, too, for anybody who has ever lost weight. Initially, the pounds just come falling Mm. off, and then you plateau, and then you have to change direction. Mm -hmm. And that can happen with a therapist. You're absolutely right. Same thing with workout routines. If you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, Mm -hmm. at some point, it's really not doing anything in terms of the benefits, and you have to do a different workout. Same thing can hold true for a therapist. And I can say, too, I've talked about having been on medication, and for a year, it works phenomenally. And then at some point, for whatever reason, it doesn't work as well, or I start getting side effects. So then I go to my therapist or my primary care physician and say, hey, this is what's happening. Maybe I should change to something else. And nine times out of 10, it has worked. Right, exactly. I just want people to know there's options. Nothing is set in stone. That's it. I'm in therapy with this person. That's it. It has to be this way forever. Or if you go to someone for therapy, that it has to be a certain way. You can give it a few sessions and see how you feel. You also don't have to come in and start disclosing everything right away because for some people, they feel very uncomfortable. Maybe we ease on into it. We talk about some things, maybe not the original presenting issues. Maybe we talk a little bit about your anxiety. We talk about maybe some work stress, but maybe you came in for some things that were dealing with some deeper traumas. Maybe you're not ready for that right off the bat, but just starting out and saying, okay, can I trust this person? Are they taking me seriously? Are they giving some good feedback on things? And I tell people all the time, you take it as slow as you need to. Now, the irony of that, Brian, is that when I tell people that a lot of times the next session they're ready to talk because they're like you know what you put 
me at ease. I don't feel pressure. The problem is when they come in feeling pressure, like they have to say certain things or we have to do this or it has to go this certain direction. And I say, no, let's leave it open. Let's just start to get to know each other. Approach it this way. Before a workout, you're supposed to stretch before you dive right into it. And sometimes I remember asking my mom when I would go to the Y as a young boy, why do I have to take a shower before I go to the pool? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, why is that? (laughs) But it's kind of a similar thing where you don't just dive in head first right away and you don't just do a full on, you don't run a marathon without a couple of deep knee bends at least. Exactly. I always tell people, you don't walk into the gym and just start pulling up the 100 pound weights. You start with the smaller weights. You start to warm up. You start to get a feel for things. You don't want to go in and just be like completely achy the next day and be like, I don't even want to go in there. You want to start out slow and build up from there. And so it's important to remember that when you go into therapy too, it can be the same thing. You just take your time and tell the therapist, hey, I feel uncomfortable. This is weird. I don't like this. I don't know what's going on. I've never been to therapy before. Get it out there and talk about some of your fears. Honestly, I feel like you're going to feel so much better getting it out there. And at the end of it, you're going to be like, wow, I've had so many clients be like, that was pretty good. It's not what they thought. I can't help but notice that you said achy and Billy Ray Cyrus is probably saying that close to a royalty. (laughs) That close. Breaky. (laughs) Well, you're talking about getting warmed up. And Courtney, when it comes to this article, we are just getting warmed up because there are a lot of layers to it. But Mm -hmm. I think we're off to a good start. Yeah. If people have any questions about what we covered today, how can they get in touch with you? You can get in touch with me, wellness at wctk.com. You can also go to wellness411. It's our page on catcountry.com. We have a lot of great resources for you there. We also have our podcast there too. If anybody wants to pop on there, you can listen to the podcast as well. There's also socials at Cat Country Mornings on most of them, individual pages. Courtney with a C, Kelly Bedard, Kelly is E-Y, Brian Mulhern, Brian with an I, H-E-R-N. You can find the podcast on Spotify. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Libsyn, you can also use your smart device but the most important thing as we say all the time spread the word spread mm-hmm. the love and introduce people to this especially people this one is a great episode for yeah. someone who has that reluctance mm-hmm. to get into therapy exactly. so I think that's perfect for episode 80 I can hardly wait for episode 81 <laughs> I'm already doing my stretching woo warm <laughs> oh, up Brian. hear that cracking that's my deep knee bend <laughs> alright Courtney thank you so much as always and thanks to all of you for listening to Coping on the Couch with Courtney and Brian I'm 